0: We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. What we do not do is spy unlawfully on Americans. We are leaving in 2014, period. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. America's public enemy number one in the United States is drug abuse. In order to fight and defeat this enemy, it is necessary to wage a new all-out offensive. You're listening to Biting the Bullet with Luke and Typo. All right, welcome to the shit show, everyone. It's Typo. I'm taking over the podcast. So guess it's just going to be me today. Uh, Luke's been a little busy, so I'm just going to try to pump out an episode for you guys, and uh, me and him will be back together next week. Um, now, I know we did a couple episodes back. We were talking about the mandatory vaccines from the military, but uh, we're going to go over a little article here from military.com, and it's a uh, Marine corporal has been discharged over refusal to wear a mask. Now, I know there's been a lot of, uh, I don't know, we've been getting different information. Uh, a lot of people have been DM us, telling us their situation in the military about uh, the COVID mandatory vaccines and what they're going to do for people that refuse for them. And, you know, right now it's still un- uh, unclear what exactly they're going to do. Um, I think that all depends on how many people are actually going to try to re- resist and not get this, If there's not that many people doing it then i think they'll they'll really throw the book at you and uh, i think this article will get a little insight on what they might do to people that refuse the vaccine so this was uh published on uh, august 31st with the military.com all right marine corporal whitney McHafee refused to comply with the mass mandate and doesn't want to be vaccinated against the COVID-19. A month after the Defense Department's mass mandate for unvaccinated troops went into effect, she was booted from the military, possibly making her the first service member to be forced out of the service for violating COVID-related rules. So they're already kicking people out uh, for refusing the mass mandate. So if they're doing that, it seems that uh, they, if the, it comes down that the vaccine is mandatory, this, uh, this looks like it might happen to the same thing that's happening to Corporal McAfee here. It looks like they're probably just going to kick people out. Let's move on. McAfee, who served in the Marine Corps Air Station Cherry Point, North Carolina, went viral on social media after appearing in a video with Josh Mandel, a former Ohio State Treasurer who is currently in his second run for the Senate. The video in which she tells her story of being swiftly booted from the Corps for disobeying the mass mandate had more than 400,000 views as of August 31st. Vaccines are now mandatory for troops, but were not at the time of McAfee's discharge. Despite that, the amateur MMA fighter and fifth grade teacher in Ohio... <laughs> God damn! <laughs> I mean, <laughs> do you imagine being in fifth grade and on the weekend your teacher beats the shit out of people for fun? <laughs> I, I, oh, man. I don't know why that <laughs> makes me laugh. Alright. Despite the Despite that, the amateur MMA fighter and fifth grade teacher in Ohio sought a religious exemption for the COVID-19 vaccine... That had not been resolved by the time of her discharge. An indoor mask mandate for unvaccinated troops was in effect at the time. More than 600,000 Americans have died from COVID-19, and another 100 are projected to die by the end of the year. The rampant spread of more contagious Delta variant has been linked largely to parts of the U.S. with low vaccination rates. Okay, thank you. Um, military studies have shown that masks help prevent the spread of the coronavirus and the CDC uh, continues to recommend the use of the, okay, thank you. I love how they have to add this shit in here, really to, really to paint the narrative for this. In an interview with military.com, McHaffey said the mask mandate violated her religious liberties. She said that this doesn't that she doesn't believe masks are effective and wearing them would be to bear false witnesses, a violation of the Ninth Commandment in Judaism and Christianity. The Journal of American Medical Association included that wearing a cloth mask can reduce tra- transmission of droplets from infected wears by in the air by 50... Okay. I really gotta add this fucking shit in here. really drive home their point um i just want to know the situation i don't need your fucking medical expertise here all right let's skip to the next paragraph McHaffey believes she was singled out and that officers sought to make an example of her she estimates only about half the marines in her unit were vaccinated and most did not comply with the mass mandate A spokesperson for the Marine Corps said the policies related to the mask wearing and vaccination apply to all Marines, adding that the failure to adhere to policies, orders, and regulations may result in corrective, disciplinary, or administrative action when appropriate. So, I mean, there looks like she's disobeying a direct order, and and that's what they're going to do. They're going to kick her out. But, I mean... Let's let actually just just move on. And I think it goes back to uh, what her discharge was here in a second and how quickly they kicked her out. So we're just going to move to the next paragraph. Another area of concern raised by McAfee is the use of fetal tissue in COVID-19 vaccine research. While researchers did use cell lines derived from elective abortion tissue Originally created decades ago, that tissue was used to produce proteins that wasn't put directly into the vaccine. McAfee said that she cannot morally take the vaccine because they are derivatives of aborted fetal tissue. It's against my religion because it's associated with aborted tissue. I'm Catholic. She said, I'm not against vaccines. uh, For me, it's about religious freedom, choice, and health concerns. Aborted tissue is a concern among some evangelical Christians, though most major religious leaders and institutions, including the Vatican, support vaccinations to save lives. Okay, thank you for that. None of the COVID-19 vaccines approved for the use in the U.S. are made with tissue taken directly from a beat of fetuses. The... the Defense Department allows troops to seek religious exemptions and is also, also will excuse service members from getting the vaccine, including booster shots, if they have legitimate health concerns or were a part of a tiny minority of those who suffer from rare vaccine side effects. Military.com was the first American news outlet to report on the link between COVID-19 vaccines and heart inflation. McAfee said that she objects to any mandates on health care, yet troops must abide by the large roster of Defense Department health standards when they join the armed services given mandates for other vaccines. Aside from the COVID-19 shot, troops are mandated to receive more than a dozen vaccines against diseases, such as smallpox, influenza, McCafee did not have an explanation to why she accepted the other mandatory vaccines as part of her service but rejected the COVID-19 vaccine. She described the events leading to her separation from the Marine Corps as trigger, being triggered by a coughing fit. I went into my officer's office to talk about something else, and I was coughing, and he asked me if I thought I had COVID. McCaffey said, at that point, I told him I don't believe in the panic behind COVID and I'm entirely fine. From that point, he kept pushing the COVID topic and told me when it was mandated if he was going to push paperwork on me if I didn't comply. That was exactly a month after the Pentagon issued an indoor mass mandate for unvaccinated troops on June 22nd. The policy has since been updated to include troops in parts of the country where the virus is spreading quickly. McCafee added that a senior member of her chain of command even called her mother, asking her to urge her daughter to fall in line with the rules. They called... Oh my god. They called her mom. The military is literally telling on someone. Like, you're the fucking military. You're gonna call someone's mom? Alright. The next day, July 23rd, her chain of command issued a formal warning to McAfee that... They would move ahead with a discharge, according to documents reviewed by Military.com. Her commander said she was willfully disobeying two superior officers by refusing to wear a face covering, despite not meeting the requirement to be exempt. The officers who acted to remove her from the Marine Corps did not reply to multiple requests for comment when reached out by text and phone calls. Less than a week later, on July 29th, McAfee received a general discharge under honorable conditions. According to a copy with her D214, which summarizes a service member's time in the military, it was a lightning-fast dismissal. It is unusual for service members to be kicked out in less than a week, even for a serious criminal offense. But her chain of command acted within the realm of their power and followed guidance from the Pentagon. Yeah, that's crazy. I, you know, when I was in the military, I seen people getting some serious, like serious things. Like they were doing things that no one would appreciate, like terrible things, and then they're still in the Marine Corps for like fucking months. But she refuses to wear a mask, and she gets kicked out in like less than a week. All right. Moving on. Richard Mast, an attorney with Liberty Council, an evangelical religious organization. <laughs> God damn that. Uh, told military.com the speed of the discharge was shocking and that she had barely any time to seek counsel six months after a discharge troops are allowed to appeal for an upgrade Mass says she is seeking a to have McAfee's discharge upgraded to honorable while her current discharge status entitled her to most benefits through the uh, VA she, is in a, she isn't eligible for the post 9-11 GI Bill all right well so I know before I mean we were getting told that maybe you guys were gonna get out with honorable but to be honest here if if a mass mandate she's not even ma- uh, following a mass mandate and they kick her out in less than a week with under you know other and honorable then man I, I mean that's what I kind of think they're gonna do. ...with the, vaccine, uh, the ma- vaccine mandate... ...and I think they even did this to make an example out of her... ...and her chain of command might have been really... ...really pushing this stuff... ...and I mean hell... ...I mean I don't... I, ...if you're in the military... ...and you know... ...you're supposed to all conform... ...and look just like the person next to you... ...you all gotta look the same... ...and that's how the military wants to ...they all want you to look the same... ...and if... that ...they want that appearance... Like especially in the Marine Corps, they want that appearance is everything to them. I mean, they freak out about the mo, the littlest things in the military. You know, if you don't have your sleeves rolled correctly, or if your your rank's a little scratched, and you're not wearing your cover right, and I don't know, there's a bunch of different things that anyone in the military understands that you have to do to look orderly. And appearances is a big deal. And if you have one Marine walking around without a mask. That's a that's a problem, because it just doesn't. It's just not going to stand for a lot of people, and you know, in the military, people get pressured to do these things. And I'm honestly surprised that she she did this. Um, you know, it, I'm, it's good it's good to see people stand up for this. But you know, I don't know. She you know maybe she doesn't want to be a fifth grade teacher, an MMA fighter, and was trying to go to college or something. But uh, you know these. This is what they're. You know this is what they're probably going to do, unless there's a significant portion of people that refuse the vaccine in the military. I really feel that uh, this is kind of what's going to happen to people. You know, it, you know these these mandates and stuff like this. It puts it puts a lot of people in very uncomfortable situations. Very uncomfortable. You know, I I mean our thing here is we kind of want everyone to get out of the military. And, uh, get away from it. We, you know, you know, we, you know what we think about it here. We, we aren't too shy to talk about it. But, you know, some people are in rough situations or difficult situations and maybe have a family or whatever the fuck they're doing. And, you know, you get, you gotta find somewhere to draw the line. And, and man, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, but it seems like the military's going the route. If you're not in line you're gone and quick so I mean that might be a little white pill for some of you maybe some of you don't care and you just want out but uh yeah and I, I I don't know I it looks like and luckily it looks it's an easy thing for Republicans to jump on and you know I I think I think they will jump on this I mean it's the troops and they seem to be the ones that cater to the troops the most and so it's good to see them jumping on and defending them. and You know, I hope it works out for this girl. Uh, I hope she <laughs> beats the shit out of someone and goes to teacher class the next day with a black eye. Okay. But everyone knows about Afghanistan and that's what, you know, it's been in the news the most lately. And, and there's this fucking narrative that the corporate press is sending and... I I hate it. I hate it so much because there's people around that are, are falling for it. And, you know, up around where I'm at, small town, and people tend to not like Biden. And they... This narrative of, like... So, Biden ended the war in Afghanistan. And, you know, he didn't do the best job. Did a fucking terrible job. And I think anyone even... The dumbest person can understand that. And it it is true. And the corporate press isn't really wrong in saying that he botched this or anything like that. He did fuck this up. But the weird thing is, is the corporate press doesn't go after Biden. They haven't gone after Biden hardly at all until now. I mean, it was basically the corporate press that pulled Joe Biden into the presidency. I mean, he barely campaigned. He you know, he barely can get on TV and talk and not screw things up. I mean, at this point, I don't think they care as much because he's in the office, but when the campaign was going, they I mean, they did everything they could to keep him from talking. And it, I mean, I guess it worked for him. So the cor- he always had the corporate press on his side. I mean, that they're the ones that got him the presidency. But now that he ended the war, they're going after him. And now, all as you see on CNN, is how they they care so much about the people of Afg- of, a, of Afghanistan, and how they're scared about what the Taliban's going to do to them. And don't get me wrong, now, I'm, I'm no defender of the Taliban. They are terrible, but you know what? What is us being there? What is that helping? I mean, everyone. You know, I don't know if us there dropping bombs on you know weddings and funerals that's not going to help the situation i mean honestly i think that pushes more people to the taliban i mean us being there probably push more people to the taliban than if we never went in so as a result of us being there that's why the taliban is so big and powerful and the taliban they you know and they're always they're pushing this like you know the, the women equality and how women are going to be mistreated that that that's probably true you know, I, it seemed, that seems like what they're, I mean, even their memes at the Taliban post, they, they, they joke about that stuff. And I don't, I don't know what they're going to do exactly, but I'm sure it's not going to be the most uh, friendly to women rights activists, but what it's, you know, no one, they, they always talk about and criticize what the Taliban's going to do, but what about the people that we put in charge? The Afghan government that we helped build up, or are they really much better? Now I'm gonna read this article. It's from Antiwar.com, the greatest website. Um, it's by Joshua Mauhorder, and it was on, it was released on August 30th, 2021. The title is "Your Tax Dollars Used to Support Criminals, Warlords, and Child Molesters." if you listen to this podcast, you probably already know this, but I think it's good to go a little bit more in depth of exactly where our wasteful tax dollars go. Hey, there you go. Where your tax dollars go to story for the week. But it also paints, it it, you know, shines a little light. So when you're, you know, whatever, talking to anyone about how they might be freaking out, especially right wingers about how the Taliban are here and And the right-wingers are the ones that that tend to be the ones supporting the military. And, you know, a little bit of a white pill, real quick. There's a lot of right-wingers here that are even saying that we shouldn't have never been there. And I know it's anecdotal, and it's just kind of my experience around here. But, you know, there's a little bit of this, like, there's this little bit of, like, most of them are saying, you know, we shouldn't have never been there. But like now, there's this little bit of a tendency. Uh, ever since the ISIS had that suicide bomb that killed 13 service members, now there's like this little bit of an inkling where they just want to get back at them, and they want to hurt them. And I, I understand that. I understand, you know, when, you know, when people kill our our troops, you know, the people that I serve with, and the many of these right wingers, you know, that they respect veterans, and. And now the, the that thirteen were killed here at the end of the withdrawal, you know a lot of right wingers have this little bit of mentality that they, like they just they just want to get back at them, and you know I can kind of understand that, and you know they're they're getting the left wing with all this like women's right thing, and you know I still I see on the corporate press they're, they're 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 interviewing every single parent of the service members that were killed. And, you know, this, it, it's very tragic. It's terrible that this happened. But the corporate press is only doing this because they just want to remind you that ending a war is bad. They want you to think, now every time that someone wants to end a war, they can look, well, look at what happened in Afghanistan. Look what happened. Don't think for a second these people care at all about anyone. They don't care. They don't care about us. They don't care about Obama having like a 90% civilian casualty rate with this drone uh, drone bombing increase. They don't care about that. They don't care about the kids in Yemen that we've been starving for three administrations now. They don't care about Barack Obama destroying Libya and literally bringing back a slave trade. They don't care. But the right-wingers here want to fight back and... You know, they, they kind of do feel for the people of Afghanistan. They do a little bit. You know, the anyone that, you know, helps our troops, they see as a good guy. But let's dive a little bit into who those people were that we were helping. What if I told you that for decades, a significant portion of your tax dollars have been used to aid and support criminals, warlords, child molesters as they pro- Perpetuate atrocities against their victims. This may sound like a fringe conspiracy theory, but in fact, these are the types of people whom your tax dollars have been supporting for decades in the government and security forces in Afghanistan. Conservatively, the cost in dollars of the Afghan war since 2001 amounts to about $2.3 trillion, approximately $300 million a day for the last 20 years. These are heavy costs that Americans will be paying for decades, not to mention the cost of human life, injury, and destabilization. Just in terms of a cost and benefit analysis, what have we gained for what we paid? This is an important subject. But Americans should be aware of the fact that not only may the high cost not have been worth it, American taxpayer dollars supported some of the worst criminal elements in Afghanistan. Warlords, gang members, rapists, and child molesters. The stated goal was to repeal the Taliban and Al-Qaeda, Established security in Afghanistan, trained by American forces, and established democratic institutions through the most imposed central government. In doing so, however, local strongmen were chosen for the task to put in positions of power The in, that invited corruption and abuse. American military support, guns, training, and money now empowered and emboldened these criminals to use these factors against their enemies and abuse victims. What is the proof that the above-mentioned abuses actually took place? According to the Human Rights Watch in 2011, in April 2011, four armed Afghan local police, or ALP, members in Baglam, abducted a 13-year-old boy on his way home from the bazaar and took him to the house of an ALP subcommander, where he was gang-raped. Communities are being asked to make a choice, you either with us or against us. But for many Afghan communities, the choice is not binary. In some parts of the country, this decision means either supporting a government-backed militia that has raped, killed, and robbed or the Taliban, which has carried out bomb attacks, assassinated civil servants, and threatened to kill teachers in girls' schools. This is an unconscionable dilemma in which m- many of the Afghan people have been forced. It would be bad enough that these type of choi- uh, choice existed anywhere in the world. But the fact that your tax dollars have funded and supported one side and thereby supported their abuses indirectly means that we paid for that. Another publication entitled Two Choices, Taliban or Child Raping Police wrote in 2009. Afghanis told American and British military personnel that they were afraid of local police, many of whom are ex-military loyal to a local warlord returning to power because not only do they lack professionalism, but also have a predilection for depravity. According to the locals, the police in Hellman have been known to steal from people and abduct preteen boys and rape them. They often demand bribes or kickbacks at checkpoints or cut deals with opium smugglers. This report describes corrupt warlords and their cronies, rapists and child molesters, drug smugglers, thieves and extortionists. When Americans are told that the reason for continued military presence intervention in Afghanistan for American safety and freedom and to prevent bad elements like the Taliban from return to power, which eventually happened anyways. These facts concerning what type of system is being imposed on Afghanistan at America's expense are usually ignored. Just recently, Gareth Porter reported that reported the serious problem of the strategy of attempting to train Afghan security forces against the Taliban so the United States can eventually withdraw from the region, siding with criminal abusers in the process. Quote The strategy of the major U.S. and British military offensive in Afghanistan's Helmand province aimed at wrestling it from the Taliban is based on bringing back Afghan army and police to maintain permanent control of the population so the foreign forces can move on to another insurgent stronghold. But that strategy poses an acute problem. The police... In the province, who are linked to the local warlords, have committed systematic abuses against the population, including the abduction and rape of preteen boys, according to village elders who met with the British officers. Ambassador Ron Newman said that the problem of police abuses against the population can be traced back to the creation of the National Police after the overthrow of the Taliban regime in late 2001. The Afghan police were not created afresh by U.S. and NATO force, Newman recalls, but were constituted from the forces that were then fighting the Taliban, end quote. Worse still, two sources, the New York Times and the Military Times, reported that American troops were put into an unethical, untenable position of being told to ignore child sex abuse by their Afghan allies. What would you do in such a circumstance? There is probably no correct answer. According to Kyle Reptfer in the Military Times in 2017, American troops were told to ignore the rape and abuse of children by Afghan security forces that were partnered with. And Jason Goldstein further explained, Quote, Rampant sexual abuse of children has long been a problem in Afghanistan, particularly among armed commanders who dominate much of the royal landscape and can bully the population. The practice is called bacha bazi, literally boy play and American soldiers and marines have been instructed to not intervene in some cases not even when their afghan allies have abused boys on military bases according to interviews and record counts in quote quote the policy has endured an american endured as american forces have recruited and organized afghan militias to help hold territory against the taliban but soldiers and marines have been increasingly troubled that instead of weeding out pedophiles the american military was arming them in some cases placing them as commanders of villages and doing little when they begin abusing children Dan Quinn was a former Special Forces captain who beat up an American-backed militia commander for abusing a boy chained to a bed as a sex slave. Dan Quinn has relayed from a personal conversation with his father back home, described his dilemma, funding, arming, and training bad people against bad people and the consequent abuses involved. Quote, the reason we were here is because we heard the terrible things the Taliban were doing to the people. How they were taking away human rights. But we were putting people in power who would do things that were worse than the Taliban did. That was something Village Elders voiced to me. American servicemen have also died as a result of this policy. Imagine having a friend or relative killed in Afghanistan... By an Afghan victim of sexual abuse perpetrated by an Afghan police commander empowered, funded, and trained by the U.S. military. I'm going to read that one again. American servicemen have also died as a result of this policy. Imagine having a friend or relative killed in Afghanistan by an Afghan victim of sexual abuse perpetrated by an Afghan police commander empowered, funded and trained by the US military. Oh god. That All right, moving on. That very event occurred in reality on an American military base. Lance Corporal Buckley and two other Marines were killed in 2012 by an in Entourage of boys living at the base and being sexually abused by the Afghan police commander named Sarwar John. American Marines were told to ignore it and put into the untenable ethical situation of a with criminals committing sexual abuse and other atrocities against human rights. But ignoring this abuse did not save them from the consequences of an attack by the abused victims who viewed the Americans as guilty by association. They were warlords and criminals in power, funded and trained by the American military in Afghanistan, largely at the expense of the American taxpayer. I mean, my God, dude, do you even blame the kids for shooting three Marines? Like... Like, if you're a kid being raped by an Afghan security force commander and all the people that give him money and guns and training, like, I'm going to assume those guys are bad, too. Like, this is the situation that they put the military members in. Fucking, fucking little fucking corn-fed dudes from Kansas. Going to defend pedophiles. Hearts and minds. It would be. I'm going to finish this off. This last paragraph. It would be bad enough. If American taxpayer dollars. Were just wasted on failed project. But the tax dollars. That supported this Facilitated positive harm. While being told. This war effort is to. Ultimately bring peace safety. And justice the unintended consequences is that injustice is perpetrated oh man so now that you know what exactly what the us was funding and supporting there tell me that the taliban is is worse than that like i i'm not i'm not saying that you know that we have to choose this and we have to debate over the lesser of two evils it's that we shouldn't decide. We shouldn't be deciding that. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, and in my personal opinion, if it's like a women get abused or little boys get raped, I think I'm going to choose the women get abused. I don't know which one's better. I really don't. But to be put in that situation where you have to defend child pedophiles I mean, my God, my God, you know, the joke is always that it's a Catholic priest raping kids, but the it's just always been American allies, just friends of the American military and people we pay, train and put in charge, rape little boys, my God. Oh, that one fired me up a little bit. You know, I think the overall good here is that we're not doing this anymore. And maybe it was good that the Taliban took this over and didn't shut this government down. I mean, this is terrible. This is just terrible. And and everyone, every veteran, every Afghan veteran should be upset. You should be. Because we, we were lied you uh, not we, I never went, but you were lied to this whole time, the whole military was lied to about what we were doing over there and what it was really like. And this is what, this is what we're, we're doing. We're, we're nation building, but propping up literal pedophile rings. pedophile rings, tax dollars well spent. Alright, well, I just want to give a little bit of a throwback to end this episode. Um, This was, um, it's from the great Ron Paul. Now, you know, I wasn't really politically awakened when the Ron Paul movement was happening. Um, But I, you know, I've read a little bit about Ron, I've read a bit about Ron Paul. And uh, I've, I've watched plenty of YouTube videos of old, like, really, really great moments of Ron Paul. And, um, you know, and he was right about this the whole time. I mean, he was right pretty much from the start and, you know, I, and it, it, you know, I really opened up to Ron, a a lot more of Ron Paul. And honestly, all the people that are big influences me always say he was a massive influence on them. So I'm going to go into, this was the, this speech by Ron Paul is called Imagine And it was given by Ron Paul on March 11, 2009. Now, this was right after Barack Obama came into office. And uh, basically, his anti-war rhetoric after he became president kind of went out the window. And uh, he started talking about ramping up the wars again. Even though he spent much of his time talking about uh, withdrawing troops in Iraq and he had different plans for afghanistan and this was ron paul's response after that imagine for a moment that somewhere in the middle of texas there was a large foreign military base say chinese or russian imagine that thousands of armed ford troops were constantly patrolling american streets in military vehicles imagine that they were under the auspices of keeping us safe or promoting democracy or protecting their strategic interest. Imagine that they operated outside of U.S. law and that the Constitution did not apply to them. Imagine that every now and then they made mistakes or acted on bad information and acted accidentally killed or terrorized innocent Americans, including women and children, most of the time with little no- to no repercussions or consequences. Imagine that that's, they set up checkpoints on our soil and routine, routinely searched and ransacked entire neighborhoods of homes. Imagine if Americans were fearful of these troops and overwhelmingly thought America would be better off without their prisons. Imagine if some Americans were so angry about them being in Texas that they actually joined together to fight them off in defense of our soil and sovereignty because leadership and government refused or were unable to do so. Imagine that those Americans were labeled terrorists or insurgents for their defensive actions and routinely killed or captured and tortured by the foreign troops on our land. Imagine that the occupiers' attitudes was that if they just killed enough Americans, the resistance would stop. But instead, for every American killed, 10 more would take up arms against them, resulting in perpetual bloodshed. Imagine if most of the citizens of the foreign land also wanted these troops to return home. Imagine if they elected a leader who promised to bring them home and put an end to this hoarder. Imagine if that leader changed his mind once he took office. The reality is that our military presence on foreign soil is as offensive to the people that live there as armed Chinese troops would be if they were stationed in Texas. Shutting down military bases and ceasing to deal with other nations with threats of violence is not isolationism, it is the opposite. Opening ourselves up to friendship, honest trade and diplomacy is the foreign policy of peace and prosperity. It is the only foreign policy that will not bankrupt us in the short order, as our current actions most definitely will. I share the disappointment of the American people and the foreign policy rhetoric coming from the administration. The sad thing is, our foreign policy will change eventually, as Rome's did, when all budgetary and monetary tricks to fund it are exhausted.